chapter number 24 and verse number 13. I don't plan to preach a very long time, so you may get out of here early. You may not. I don't know. Reading from the book of Luke, chapter number 24, verse number 13. When you're there, say amen. Amen. It says, And behold, two of them went that day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. Tonight I want to preach for a few moments, distracted in the presence of a miracle. Distracted in the presence of a miracle. Let's all put our Bibles down. Let's lift our hands and let's worship him one more time. Lord, we're asking for you to speak to somebody tonight. God, I pray that you would move heaven and earth to get somebody's attention in this place. God, don't let us be so distracted in this service tonight that we miss our miracle, that we miss our moment, that we miss whatever it is you're trying to do in our lives right now, God. I don't want to be distracted, but let me get focused on the kingdom of God and on your throne tonight, God. We worship you and we praise you and we ask you, Lord, to make up the difference tonight. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody says amen. Man, you may be seated, distracted in the presence of a miracle. How many times has it happened that you're looking for something that was right in front of you? And has anybody had that happen to them? You're looking for your sunglasses. You're looking for your glasses, and they're right on top of your head. And somebody says, what are you looking for? You say, glasses. They said, they're on your head. Okay. Or you're looking for your phone, but you're talking to somebody on the phone while you're looking for it, and you realize you're talking on what you're looking for. Has that ever happened? We're ashamed. Uh, or how many times, like for me, for instance, something that happens a lot is I'm putting the baby in the car, and I put the phone on top of the car, or my keys on top of the car, and then I get in the car, and I want to know where my keys are. I don't know. I'm like, I unlocked it. I know I have them somewhere. I look around. Okay, they're on the roof of the car. We're looking for something that is right in front of us. We get busy and we get distracted that we can't see something that's right there. And Luke shares with us in our opening reading the account of two individuals who are making a seven-mile journey away from Jerusalem and toward Emmaus. One of the men is named Cleopas. The other, we don't know if it's a man or a woman, and they go unnamed in the Scripture. Two individuals who knew what had recently happened to Jesus following this crucifixion of Christ. The man from Galilee who had been beaten, humiliated, and then publicly executed on a cross at Calvary. And these two are troubled as they travel and their hearts are heavy because at this point all they can see in this moment is that Jesus has been killed and is now laid dead in a tomb. What a disappointing moment this must have been to give a historical understanding of this moment. Over 600 years before this time, Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonians ransacked Jerusalem, burned the city to the ground, and left it desolate. With a large part of Israel's population destroyed, Nebuchadnezzar then took their youth to be captives in Babylon. We can read about that in the book of Daniel. Those were captives in Babylon. Forty-seven years later, the Persian armies would come in, led by King Cyrus, and they would fight off the Babylonians and take command of this Mediterranean area. 
The Persians would then reign for 206 years over this land until one famous and well-known man named Alexander the Great would lead the Greek kingdom of Macedon and, and conquer this land, decimating the Persian Empire, taking control once again of Israel. And then around 60 years before the birth of Christ, the most powerful force, force in the then known world known as the Roman Empire would move in and take power over the land. So with all this in mind, these two individuals as they walked and many others were waiting and they were hoping for a Messiah that would lead the resurgence of the land of Israel. They were looking for a king that would come and establish his throne and raise up the kingdom of Israel. Even in the book of Acts chapter 1, you can read his disciples. They're still asking him. They're saying, will thou at this time again restore the kingdom to Israel? And he tells them, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses of me both in Jerusalem and in Samaria and in Judea and to all the uttermost part of the earth. He wasn't focused on, on, on setting up a physical kingdom. He wasn't focused on setting up a, a place of power to rule the nations. But he, he, he changed his objective to reach the kingdoms of our hearts and to win the souls of men and to have a relationship with men that was outside of the law. And it was a new law of grace. He was, he was doing something different. But in this moment, these men did not understand that. Jesus seemed to be the answer to all their prayers and the fulfillment of all their prophecies. But now, and the point I really want to get to is three days after his death, only 72 hours after he had given up the ghost, they find themselves walking down a seven-mile road, having lost all faith in the promise of his return. They are devastated in their disappointment. They are shattered in their spirits to the point that Jesus himself is walking right there with them, and they don't even see him. They knew him. But they couldn't see him. They knew him and they knew where he was from. They knew that he was a mighty man sent from God. They knew that he was mighty in word and in works. These are things that he knew. They knew they knew that he promised to redeem his people. But despite everything that they knew, they were distracted by how they felt. I don't want to come into this house knowing everything I know about the Lord and how good and how gracious and how loving and how forgiving and how long-suffering he is. But because of how I feel, I don't see him anywhere. Despite all they knew, all they could focus on is how they felt. And in this moment, maybe life hasn't been the best in recent days. We've had spiritual and emotional attacks coming against us. We've been overwhelmed by our current season and the trial of life that we're currently in. We've suffered loss. We're gripped by grief. We may even be on the verge of a nervous breakdown in the very house of God. And tonight, as we're here, if we're not careful, we end up letting all these things distract us. Distracted by disappointments, living through great loss, worried about everything around us, weighed down by our anxiety. It's so bad we sit here in the house of God failing to realize that the God of perfect peace is in this place, ready to wrap his arms of love around your broken situation. 
If you would just open your eyes, you would realize that the God of heaven and earth, the Lord of heaven's armies, is in this house and he wants to work a miracle. But if not, you'll be distracted in the presence of a miracle. I don't want to get distracted in the presence of a miracle. I don't want to get distracted in the middle of revival. I don't want to get distracted in the presence of God because I don't want to miss my moment. You never know when he's going to pass by your life one more time. And if you're distracted, you'll be like the virgins who didn't have oil in their lamps and you can miss your moment. Why? Because you're just distracted. You're worried. You're depressed, living in the past, or you're worried and you're living in the future. But my Bible says he's a very present help in the time of need. You need to give God your present. You can't go back and fix the past, and you can't go forward and change the future. All you can do is lift your hands and say, God, I surrender the present. God, I surrender this moment. God, I give you my life. I give you my all. I'm not worried about going back and fixing everything behind me, and I'm not trying to figure out everything that's ahead of me. But if I can get in your presence right here and right now, if I can lift up my hands and have some peace in this moment, I want it. I want it. I want it. I I don't want to be pulling my hair out so worried and so depressed, but I want peace in the house of God. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. You need power and you need love and you need a sound mind. Don't let the enemy distract you. If he can't destroy you, he'll distract you. If he can't tear you down, he'll tear apart your mind. God is in this place. Isaiah 43, verse 2, when thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Jesus can be right next to you, but your eyes can be unable to see him because of the distractions that you're facing. Don't get distracted in the midst of what God is doing in your life. Don't get distracted because there's a calling of God on your life. Don't get distracted because there's a healing that God can bring you if you'll just stay focused on the Lord. It was Peter that could walk on the water as long as he could keep his eyes settled on Jesus. As long as you can keep your eyes on the Master. It doesn't matter what others would say. It doesn't matter what other people think. But if your eyes are focused on the master while everybody else is in the boat, you can walk on water. Matthew 1, 23. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Jesus is God with us. When you call on that name, you're calling on the name of God whereby he hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You have access to the Father through Jesus, through the man Christ Jesus. What did it say? 1 Timothy 2, 5 says, For there is one God, and there's one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. You can come before the Lord and call on the name of Jesus. 
In the Old Testament, the tabernacle was set up so that there was walls all the way around, but there was a way that you could get in at the front. And Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. You need Jesus in your life, but you don't realize that he's here if you'll just reach for him. Don't get distracted in the presence of a miracle. Acts chapter number 3 and verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, who they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. A healing that took place in the book of Acts chapter 3. Here's a man who since his birth was unable to walk. As a means to support himself, he would be laid at the gate of the temple. So day after day, he could ask everybody going into church if they could spare some change. Asking for money when really he needs God to change his life. And where is he laid? He's laid at the gate of the temple. He's laid at the prayer gate. 2,000 years ago, they had a prayer gate with pin numbers that you could put in and get in and pray. Somebody's paying attention. Don't believe me if you really think that's what it says. But he was laid daily at the prayer gate. The, 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 they're going into the time of prayer. But he never wanted them. He could have been carried a little bit further and gone into the church and prayed with everybody else. But he wasn't wanting to be changed. He was just wanting to be supported in his, his current condition. This man became very comfortable in his circumstance and in his routine. And rather than ever giving God the chance to completely change his life, he simply got to the point where he just wanted to be supported where he was. We come to church sometimes in a bad mood and we already know we're not going to get over it. We're saying, God, you're not going to move this mountain. You're not going to change my mind. I'm mad. I'm bitter. I'm frustrated. I'm in this house and I have no expectation of being changed. So don't even come this way. All I want to be is supported. All I want to do is feel good. All I want to do is a pat on the back. All I want to do is a little feeling of God's love. But let me tell you, God, he's looking at you, and you, you need to stop managing the things that God wants to deliver you from. You need to give up everything so that God can change you. Give up your pride. Come on, give up your arrogance. Get in an altar and lift your hands because God's not just interested and you feeling good or you feeling like everything's all right, but he wants to deliver you out of everything you're going through. God did didn't intend for you to live in defeat. God didn't intend for you to live in depression and anxiety. But he whom the Son has set free. Come on, somebody. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. He wants to set you free. He wants to break the chains. He wants to set you free in the house of God on a Tuesday night. 
Come on, somebody, you better hear me tonight. Don't just come to be supported, but I've come to be changed. God, I'm opening up the door of my heart so that you can go in the most secret places and you can take out everything that's been eating away in my mind, everything that's been destroying me, everything that's making me afraid and making me worried. God, take it all. Take my life. Take my worries. Take my fears. Take my doubts. I open myself up and I give it all to you. Don't hold back. Just because you don't want to change, there's nothing better than the change that God can bring about in your life. You may be seated. How many times has somebody asked you for money and you ask them, what do you want? And they say, food. Okay, you want a pizza? No, no, that's okay, I'm going this way. I thought you wanted food. Well, no, 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 no. Like, if I was hungry, I would take a Little Caesars right now. They don't want what they're really asking for. They want to be supported in their addictions. They want to be supported in their bondage. And each and every one of us, we can come into this place with things on our life that may not be that bad, but we know it's, it's, a, it's something in our life we really don't need anymore, but we're saying, God... Do I really want to be honest with you tonight? Do I really want to lift my hands? Do I really want to come to an altar so people can ask me why I'm praying? Oh, why were you praying tonight? What was that all about? I'm telling you, you need to just come and open yourself up to God. And don't worry about what anybody would say. Don't worry about what everybody else would think. But you, if you don't have peace in your life, you can go home with peace. Because he's wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He's the Prince of Peace in your life. Things have been keeping you up at night. Things have been worrying you, but you come to church and you want to smile and act like everything's okay. This is not that time to play games, but it's time to get right with God. Don't live a miserable life just because you're unwilling to open yourself up to God. It will hurt you if you do not get rid of what is on your heart that's tearing you apart. They may not be, there may not be any physical outward signs, but eventually people are going to wonder what happened. All the while you had some inward struggle that you never got over. He was sitting in doubt. He was sitting in disappointment at this gate. Sitting in his weakness. Sitting in no hope of things ever getting better. Sitting and worrying about what everybody else would say. But most of all what I want to point out is he's sitting in complacency. Sitting with no sense of urgency. Sitting with no desire to change. Sitting with no faith in God. Sitting with no desire to go beyond the gate that he's accustomed to. I want to pray until I speak in tongues each and every time I come to this service, each and every time I'm in this house. If you say, well, well, I haven't done that in a while, you need to go beyond that gate. You need to go beyond that gate and be renewed in the Holy Ghost and let God work it out. Come on, somebody. You can get past the gate that you've grown accustomed to if you get a sense of urgency and a, a sense of faith in God. But the scariest thing is how many times do we leave the place with every answer that we need unchanged? We leave this place the same way we came, all because of our low level of expectation for what God can do. Well, God can't deliver this. God can't deliver me from this because it's just too much of a struggle. I, I, can, I can just keep doing this. I'm telling you, there's some battles you weren't meant to fight. Just be delivered and, and let go. It's hurting you, and you think you can handle it. Tonight, we have to get to the place where we, ex we are expecting something from God. As the musicians come, and I'm going to finish in just a few minutes. 
Let's pray just for a moment. If you feel what I feel tonight, God, I'm not coming into this place just to be supported, just to feel good, just to be a part of the church, just to sit here with my family. God, but I want to be real with you, God. Take away the scales. Take away those, those hidden compartments, God. Let me be open to you, God. Let me pray in a way that I haven't prayed in years. Come on, there's somebody here. You haven't gotten a breakthrough in 10 years, and God's saying tonight, I can change it all. I can change it all in one moment. 20 years of bitterness, God can change it in one moment. Come on, three years of addiction, God can redeem you in one moment. I'm telling you, if you trust in the Holy Ghost, this doesn't have to be a 12-step process, but it can be however many steps it takes you to get to the altar process. Come on, you need deliverance, you can get it in the house of God. You need freedom, you can get it in the house of God. There's people here that didn't need a program. They just needed a God that reached his arms of love around them. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. In one season, God can change everything. In one season, David was hiding in caves. In the next season, David was crowned the king of Israel. In one season, Ruth was picking up the leftovers in a field. In the next season, she owned the field. In one season, God can turn it around if you'll give God your life. One season, Mephibosheth was sitting outside the palace. The next season, Mephibosheth was at the king's table. God can change your position in life if you'll start looking up at what God's doing and stop looking down at who you are and your disadvantages and everything about yourself. Lift your eyes upon Jesus. Come on, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Let's have a little talk with Jesus. Sometimes my past seems drear without a ray of cheer. And then a cloud of doubt may hide the light of day. The storms of sin may rise and hide the starry skies. But just a little talk with Jesus clears the way. Worship the Lord. God, we love you and we worship you. Hallelujah, Father. God, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. As we all stand tonight, I'm almost done. One moment, blind Bartimaeus, is, he's crying out to Jesus. Jesus, the son of David. And people are saying, be quiet, be quiet. We've seen it in our play. But when Jesus calls him forth, the same people that were telling him to be quiet led him to where he was. In one season, in one moment, God can put you together right in front of everything that tried to silence you. Right in everything that tried to bind you. Right in front of everything that said you'd never make it out. There's a God that says, come on, I'll change it. I'll turn it around. I can do it if you trust me with the reins of your life. Right in front of all those that tried to silence you. Don't complain about everything that's against you because David said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Talking about presence of a miracle, you can have a miracle in the presence of your enemies. And all they can do is sit there and watch you enjoy it. All they can do is sit and watch you be set free from addiction after they told you you'd never change. Come on, all they can do is sit in there and watch you get prayed back through after they told you it'd never happen. After people said you could never change the way you are, you can show them all. Because you trust in God who prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. Come on, somebody, let's pray just for another moment, just for another moment right here. God, I pray that you would seek out somebody's heart right now. Come on, open up a secret place in someone's heart right now, God. Come on, somebody needs deliverance. Somebody needs to be set free. Somebody needs the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on.
I'm not even going to finish my message. I have a whole nother page, but I want to get in the presence. These altars are open for anybody who wants to come down and pray. Come on, come on. It's early. It's 8.06. You can come down. You can pray. Pray until God changes you. Pray until something something's different. Pray until something happens. Come on, do you need the Holy Ghost? Do you need some hope? Do you need to be set free? What is it that's on your life? Give it to God. Give it to God. Give it to God. Don't get distracted in the presence of your miracle. Don't get distracted in the presence of your healing. Come on, what are you worried about? What are you scared of? What are you afraid of? What's got you stressed out? What's got you so worried you can't sleep at night? Come to an altar and give it to God. Come to an altar and give it to God. Release it so that God can take it. I got a word for somebody. The battle's not yours, but it's the Lord's. Stop fighting the battles that God never intended you to fight. You just praise God and he'll conquer your enemies. The writer said they'll come against you one way, but they'll flee out seven ways. There's things that are unified in attacking your family. There's things that are unified in destroying you. But when you praise God, he sets up ambushments all around them and takes them out, and they'll have to flee out seven ways. Telling you God can break up the stony ground. God can reverse the curses on your life. God can redeem you from the very pit of hell that you're living in right now. If you just don't get distracted in the presence of your miracle, God's reaching for somebody. God's reaching for somebody. You need to pray like you haven't prayed in a long time. You need to get to that place in God that you remember from a long time ago. Come on, somebody. Lift up your voice and give God praise and let him fight your battle. Let God take care of your enemies. Don't fight. Don't fret. Just trust in God and give him praise. Come on, let's all come down to this front area. Let's help somebody pray.